one, and we are recording with Mr. Roger Williams in the first episode in the new apartment, as as it was in the beginning, it shall be in the end, or whatever, Alpha. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mega quote. You were the first episode in the old apartment. Anybody listening, fuck off. I thought it was going to be catchy. It has been... A total clusterfuck, as you can tell. Uh, it always is. <clears throat> as you can tell, it is a neon lighting that, dude, I've got, I thought I could connect all the strands, but they're all independent strands. Is that, is that EL wire? Is, is it what? EL wire? I don't know if it's... Electroluminescent wire. EL wire? I don't know if it's a light. It might be. It's in like a plastic like tubing kind of. Yeah, yeah, I think it's, yeah, I think it's like that. <laughs> It's, yeah, it's see, see, I saw it in the in the little preview that you did, uh, and uh, I uh, decided, you know, I have a little bag of stuff that I picked up at Radio Shack right before they went out of business for ten cents on the dollar. So I did a little. Uh, I was going to say that hasn't always been there. there. Yeah, no. I, it, it, well, if you remember, I talked about the the nineteen seventy four eighty megabyte disk drive that I took apart. Yeah, that's the magnet. Good Lord in heaven. That entire thing? Yeah. Actually, this acrylic disc that I'm tapping wasn't part of the original assembly. Uh, This part here on the top was actually inverted and... Inside. Inside the other so that the voice coil could go between the two of them. I thought I still had the voice coil. In fact, I looked for it this afternoon, but I couldn't find it. I think I must have thrown it out. But uh, the two of these things together weigh 70 pounds, and every tool that I use to get them apart is magnetic to this day. Uh, oh, really? Oh, yeah. All you got to do is put a screwdriver inside this thing here. And it becomes a permanent magnet. It becomes a permanent magnet. One just, just in and out. Boom. Once. Yeah, that's it's it's magnet. This the, this thing, the head assembly you can imagine weighed several pounds yeah and this thing with the voice coil was able to ram it back and forth in milliseconds to find the right track on the the layered cake disc head that was about this big so uh (laughs) this thing was just like yeah for 80 megabytes (laughs) Uh, and yeah. So, uh, and, uh, you know, I don't think it's phallic enough. No, I think, I know, I think it's great. Uh, okay. There no, we go. It's just, no, okay. No, it's just like <laughs> one, it looks like a dog's dick. Um, uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, this is, I mean, the apartment's cool. I need to find the out. setup. The setup looks good, man. Thank you, man. I think, I you, I think you are on a you're on a good. I like that you're 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 paying some attention to the visual aesthetic. You know, using your uh, obviously the 
you're you you have shout some out Roger wearing some original merch. Yeah. So yeah, it's like this time you're uh, you're paying some attention there to the visual aesthetic of the studio and stuff too. It's like yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what you do when you're feeling better. <laughs> it's it's gonna. I'm still in the. I finished the tiles this morning and and started putting up. Well, I put up the lights last night. Yeah, I mean the last studio was really fun. It's what I wanted it to be. Moving mm-hmm. from like above my parents' garage to my own apartment, I wanted to make it like a little closet hole. And that was fun, and I really enjoyed that. And it felt a lot like a cockpit. You always hear fighter pilots say they strap on the plane. I often felt like I was strapping on the podcast because I literally had to go sideways to get into my room, and then I had to go sideways to get into my little faux cubicle. Sit there was barely enough room for this chair. I mean, now I can do this. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah, you couldn't do that before. Yeah, it, it was. I mean, I got. I can literally. I got a ton of room now. It's an entire Shit, you could you could actually have a guest physically there with you and like oh, that's space. The weird, oh, that's the weird thing, and I'm I'm kind of nervous about that because I used to just when people be like, "Oh, I don't live that far from you," I'd just be like, "No, you literally can't fit in the studio." Now I don't have an excuse to be a social, so instead I'll just have to say I don't want to meet you, and uh, you know you would you would need another chair. I would need another chair, and that will be the limiting reagent. I will say, unfortunately, I don't <laughs> own another chair. We can't do it. It's impossible. <laughs> But I did. I made it, and I was kind of tempted because I have a huge walk-in closet. I was kind of tempted when I walked in here. I was like, "Oh, that's a huge fucking closet," and I was like, "I could put the studio in there." And I was just like, "No, I don't want to do that. I want it." So, because when I was moving out, when I deconstructed the studio, um, like the first thing I did was like took down like the faux cubicle thing before I took any of the shit off the walls, just like the fake partitioning, and. And then I was, like, packing up other stuff in my house or my apartment. But I still had, like, the desk up and the computer up and all, like, the cameras were still working. And so for a couple of days, when I was just, like, playing video games after, like, a day of packing, I realized just how much more enjoyable it was to just kind of, like, walk in the room and, like, plop on the chair. And I was, like... Yeah, you got crammed is... in this little space. I was, like, this is, like, open and airy. And then I was, like... Cause I planned on making this a guest room and then like really only in like the last couple of days at my apartment that I was like, wait, fuck that. I'm just going to make it a whole goddamn room. And that's what I did. And that's what this whole room is going to, as you can see, there's yeah. still boxes everywhere. Um, and the audio sounds very good too. You don't have any you. echoes or anything. It's like, thank uh, you. I think you're doing great thank there. You. Thank you. And I'm, I was nervous about that because the ceiling, for anybody that's not interested, go fuck yourself. This is me and Roger catching up. <laughs> but the ceiling is like, <clears throat> I thought it was going to be like plaster because the last one I had the sound tiles in the ceiling. But it's like, I don't think it's concrete, but it's something that I can't put a tack into. And I, I can't put tape on it. It's like the tape doesn't stick. And I don't want to be that asshole nailing shit because <laughs> I'm on the fifth floor and there's yeah. people above me and below me. <laughs> I don't want to be that guy because I had those neighbors in the last bang, bang. You could tell when someone was moving in. Oh, yeah. So I don't have any t- tiles on the on the ceiling. But I guess that was my concern was, was it going to echo? But I think, no, I think I, it's doing great. I think I d- got every other surface. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a well, there's a critical point with stuff like that. You know, it's like if you only have one surface that's echoey, then it doesn't boing back and forth. So oh, good, good point. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I, should, I probably should have figured that out. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, uh, well, I mean, I guess, I guess the critical thing is what's on the floor. Well, your carpet. Yeah. 
Yeah, so you got carpet so on the floor, you've got tile, then, acoustic tiles on all the walls. So even though the even though the ceiling is a little echoey, it, there's there's nothing to boing it back and forth. So you're you're in good, good shape there. That's a good yeah. point. I guess I shouldn't be like directly yelling at the ceiling because then it would bounce. <laughs> but yeah, and so but it'll only bounce once. Yeah, so that was my guess. Anyway, so but I do want to tell you about. So yeah, but the rest of my apartment still looks like a bomb went off. My it always does after you move, man. It's, it's like this place so... was like that for three months after I moved it's into it. Oh fuck! I I hate it. I'm just I'm spending all day unpacking. Well, I mean, the first thing I did was. Like before I even put my bed together, my bed's still mm-hmm. not together. I just my my even my kitchen is still just like pet. There's just random boxes ripped open. Where Dude, I'm, all you need is a mattress on the floor. Bang! That's what it is right now. And there are boxes <laughs> ripped open to where I finally found the treasure trove of clean dishes and a, and silverware. So you can just see I'm. You can see like sort of like the DefCon One bare necessities. Like I found the mm-hmm. toilet paper. I found shampoo. <laughs> I found like the refrigerator works. You can very like, tell there's like one of these like light stands in my room, just like poked into a pillow. It's like there's we have lighting, like mm-hmm. the blankets are functioning, the door locks. You can very quickly see like str- <laughs> like the bottom of the pyramid of like the hierarchy of needs. Um, yeah, I I move. I've had to move three times after after you know from uh from my parents' house to Gentilly, <laughs> then to Kenner, then. To well, to to, uh, to Metairie, then to Kenner, and then here, and that I moved here in 1992, and uh, if I had to move here, I would probably have to get a rollout dumpster. Yeah, I'm never, I'm never leaving. I told my mom that <laughs> if if the podcast succeeds, while my mom was like, "What if you?" Or if the podcast blows up and you can go, because I've always wanted to like be up in the woods, my own compound. That's like the ultimate end goal. <laughs> I've literally decided if I make enough money, I will just go buy a house and keep this place. I'm never moving again. If I, if I, <laughs> if the podcast makes more money than I have to do with God willing one day, I will go yeah. have a second location. I'm never fucking, I'm not. I'm, my little brother said it best in a text because he came and helped me move. And the, the 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 conversation just literally picks up as you don't need to keep apologizing. I get it. Moving sucks because he hit him and helped me. He goes, moving never ends with the quote. That was easy. It always ends with a blood oath to never do it again. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a brilliant quote. Um, but, but yeah, so so I start moving like what I did the last episode last Sunday, and I started moving that night. Mm-hmm. And studio took the most time. And, and, you meant, and you meant to restart this tomorrow, but I told you that, well, I had already filled in the timesheets to take off Wednesday. Yeah. So I yeah. kind of pushed you a little bit. No, no, it would, no. I mean, honestly, it was, it, it made me set up. It, this is like, you know, people say when you're like addicted to pills or something that you're taking <laughs> orders from like a dark Lord that it's our, in it's, it's, you're doing what it wants, not what you want. That's kind of how I feel at this studio. Before I was moved in at all, I was like, I need to set up the studio. Like, I need to, like, prepare the throne for the Antichrist. Like, yes. like my ribs are showing, and I'm, like, bleeding, and I'm like, the Dark Lord is coming. <laughs> I was like, I need to build. I'm coughing and hacking. I don't have a license. I don't know where anything Man, is. That I don't know where, really sucks. I don't know where to get groceries. I don't. And I'm just, like, before anything, and I'm like, I need to. Pa-. I don't even. Yeah. I haven't even figured out how to fucking work. They have some weird alien thermostat. I don't even know how to use it. 
So I'm just I'm opening the windows because I'm in Maine. So I, I can use that to cool it down. And then it's I use nice. The, it's I, nice for now, but wait a couple of days. I use all the electronics to heat up the room. I'm just doing this. <laughs> so yeah. I, I open the window when I want it to cool down and then I close it and all the lights yeah. heated up. So so you're in Portland, right? I am. That is a beautiful town. That is actually <laughs> one of the few places in New England that I've actually been. Uh, I took a trip up there. I flew into Portland and rented a car and we took the ferry to Weeks Island and met Rusty Foster, who is the guy who founded Corrosion, which is the site that mm -hmm. put your favorite novel online. Uh, and then we drove up the coast. We uh, took a whale watching tour. We toured the island where the ox AUKS, the you know northern penguins as they mm -hmm. are breed. Them little motherfuckers fly, but it's like they fly like freaking like they got to get a lot of speed to get in the air. That was something. That was something else. I didn't expect that. So it was it was a it was a really cool trip, but we didn't get inland, so it was mainly coastal Maine. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We uh, we went up and down, ate like five lobsters, uh, plenty of clams, stuff like that. It was interesting, being from Louisiana, that you have the fresh seafood there. It's oh not yeah, the, it's not the same seafood. It is, weird. but but everyone takes it for granted. It's like if it ain't fresh, it's you like know it's, you know, it's so fucking weird. <laughs> is so I actually lived just outside Portland in 2007 we moved mm -hmm. up here for my dad's job my dad was in uh, the food industry and we always moved i moved i was born in 90 i moved in 95 to arkansas from new hampshire to arkansas in wow. <laughs> yeah, 2000 from arkansas to new hampshire 2001 from new hampshire to georgia but i really don't been all over the damn place yeah but i really don't remember like a whole like when you move when you're five it doesn't even register when you move yeah. when you're nine you miss your friends but like you've also only been alive for nine years and then i moved again when i was 11 again i was only so i don't really and then i was in georgia from 2001 and then i like i finished middle school went to high school that i remember that move because that was like really upsetting i did not want to move i was 17 super angsty Mm -hmm. But the point is, is well, there you start to appreciate the differences in the culture and the things like the food and stuff like that, which yeah. you did when you were young. And it was in the middle of high school. It's a lot harder mm -hmm. in the middle of high school when it's already like militant cliques versus when you're like a dipshit <laughs> 10 year old and everyone just has a bull cut in its asshole. But like we moved up, we were and we were only up here for like nine months. And then we ended up moving back down to Georgia for my dad's job back into the same house. And I went to the same school. It was very weird. Wow. That's another story for another time. But like. Okay. Yeah. I did end up I was like twenty minutes from here and I haven't been here since. But it's weird because we would drive kind of along these same bridges every day to school and there's a planet fitness that I used to go to. And I'm having these weird like Jason Bourne <laughs> moments where I'm like 
<laughs> I don't quite recognize like if I went back to like Georgia right now, I would ab- I would definitely recognize the buildings. It's been five years since yeah. I'm right. But because this was 15 years ago and I was only here for nine months, I'm kind of like vaguely recognizing like shapes of skylines. And I feel yeah. like a like some weird epigenetic imprinting of like why even if you've never seen a panther, you're still scared of it because it's in your gene. So I'm seeing these like weird <laughs> I'm like, where I, I feel like Jason Bourne, I like a much less cool Jason Bourne, but Jason Bourne nonetheless, where I'm like, all of a sudden I'll start merging, right? And I'll be like, how did I know to go there? And like, <laughs> it's just very, like, I, I came up, I came out on a road yesterday and saw this, like, edge of this pond. And I was literally like, I've been there. Like, I've mm-hmm. been there with my mom and, like, my, my, like, now deceased dog. But, very odd but we did live in a house that was across the street from a fire station and one night me and my my older brother john is the parents are out of town we got shit-faced and uh we spray painted a fire station and i kind of want to see if it's still (laughs) spray painted (laughs) and uh i'm gonna uh, guess probably not (laughs) yeah well we do it was dicks we just spray painted like neon dicks I was 17. I didn't tell my parents that till like a couple of years after my brother died. But the, <laughs> it is very because it's not like entirely new, but it's so it's very. There's like a very weird kind of almost yeah. fever dreamishness to this. It's odd. It's very odd. I like it though. There's well, really no. A, there was no point to that yeah. story. <laughs> uh, uh, that's life, man. Yeah. That's, I like yeah. it. I've never lived. No, like... it's like uh, I, I, I think, I think you'll have a good time there. It's like take the ferry out to Weeks Island sometime, and you know, say hi to Rusty Foster if you see him. But otherwise, it's still a nice little uh, day trip. So, uh, I was moving out. Just what Pat, whatever. Just the, you're, nothing special. The, the shittiness of moving. You're just like. Fuck! Where I got put all this? Sh- it's not like you're cleaning your room. You just have that moment when you're moving, where you still kind of believe that like you don't have to move everything, and then it starts dawning on you. You're like, literally everything has to go. Not just like we're not unplugging the, we're not changing out the computer for a new one. That we're getting rid of the desk, and you got to pull out the cords, and you're like, oh fuck! You really all the cables. You're not just the mattress, <laughs> and you got to unscrew the. Fr- it's everything, and it's just like fuck. Um. But whatever, and will and, it even work when you put it together again? Exactly, and then <laughs> and then eventually, you, and then you have that moment of just accepting that. I remember I kind of had that <laughs> that moment of I just went, "This is just gonna suck for the next ten days," and it was kind of easier from that point. I just said, "This is I'm just gonna be angry. Okay. I'm just gonna be angry." <laughs> and uh, well, that's mom, one way to cope with it. <laughs> I just accepted it. I was like, "This just I, this just sucks." And once I because at first I was like. Because in everyday life, I try to stay positive. I'm always trying to keep anxiety and depression at bay. And that's good for the long haul. But I was like, you know what? It's okay. But moving is just fucking depressing. I was that's... like, it's okay to just fucking let it all out. Stub your toe. You're just going to be pissed off. And like, you know, you don't have to wave to people. Right? But so moving out, my mom comes down and helps me. And we finish kind of like moving it all. And, then you know, it's a huge bitch kind of like moving everything to the u-haul but again nothing whatever out of the it's just the shittiness of moving we drive halfway up to portland we stay at my aunt's house in new york and I how, far, up, how far is it from maryland to portland 
I think we drove five hours the first day and six hours the second day. So it's it's north. I mean, I think it's yeah. almost, I think it's the same. I could be wrong, but I think it's the same distance from Maryland that Maryland is from Atlanta. Okay, so yeah, that 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 being like me, yo, it's the uh, other when, half of the country. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's further than it looks. Yeah, that's that that would be like when uh, we evacuated in Knoxville for the hurricane from New Orleans. It's it's a distance. That was about a, I say. Well, that's like a nine or ten hour drive. It's it was it, do it in one go. It 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 took a minute. Um, yeah, and, you know it's it's whatever. You know, I got listened to a podcast the whole way up. I'm whatever. I'm excited to be out. Um, and stay at my my aunt's house. And I woke up like I woke up the next morning, just super sore throat, and I was like, oh, fuck. Like I'm sick. Yeah. Whatever. This is just gonna suck. We drive up. The well, that's the thing: is the stress of something like moving will make you susceptible to things 100%, like well, 100%. that. Well, hundred percent. That's the first thing I thought. I was like, oh, I'm just fucking whatever again. Yeah. But I'm also, uh, I'm also an, an, I'm also an, an educated adult with a loving family living in America in 2022. I always try to remember. I'm like, hey, you got it good, you fucking loser. Uh, oh no you have to move up north to be closer to your family where you get to do your own job eat a dick but like uh so then we then we stay in like portland the first night and so the next morning we go and we we're gonna move in and i'm like all right we've got a u-haul trailer attached to my mom's truck and my mom calls me i get here right and i'm having those like weird first day of school jitters I'm like, oh, I'm in a new city. I'm like, it's November. I'm 32. Like, what What am I even nervous? And I was literally just like, stop being a fucking loser. Get here. Come in here. I get my keys. And I'm just like, I'm sick. And I'm like, this is just going to suck. But we just got to get up to the apartment. And my mom calls me and she goes, I'm having U-Haul troubles. I was like, what? Because we both drove in here from like a half hour away. And I was like, what's that? What does that mean? And it turns out that one of the wheels in the U-Haul trailer was stuck up against like the like the wheel well completely immobile and that i was like suspension failed yeah and i was like what she's driving and it's just smoking and someone had told her at a dunkin donuts and she was like thank you so much but we realized it had been that way since maryland because there was no accident or anything and i actually yeah, that's i had taken I had taken a picture of it when we were pulling out of my neighborhood because I was just kind of wanted a picture of like we're leaving and I'm looking back at it. And I'm realizing in hindsight, like if you look at the picture, it is lopsided. And so we're looking at that. My little brother's looking at it and he's like, that tire should have exploded a thousand <laughs> miles ago. And the technician comes and looks at it that U-Haul sends out. Who's like an independent contractor. Mm-hmm. And he goes, that wheel should have exploded on the freeway, <laughs> should have corkscrewed you. No, he literally looks at my mom. He goes, that would have been fatal. And so now we're like, the fu-? so I'm like, so I go back inside. We're downtown. I have to have like a moving permit to be here, which I don't know shit about. I've always lived in the suburbs where you can just what? go park. Anywhere. Yeah, we have. I... It's in the middle of the city. You have to have like a permit to go unless, you know, you to, to park like a U-Haul. And oh, I'm like, I go yeah. back inside and I'm like, I have like a specific window in which I can like move. And I was like, hey, there's having U-Haul troubles. 
U-Haul doesn't know what to do with it. They're like, we can send you a new U-Haul, and then you can move everything from one U-Haul to the other. And I was like, go fuck yourself. And so this guy comes and puts the U-Haul on a flatbed. And now now there's like a huge flatbed down here. And I'm like, motherfucker. So we're on this tiny little street with this huge fucking flatbed. And I'm walking, and they're like, yeah, we got to like call like a non-emergency number. So there's like a cop there with us that I didn't know at first. I thought there was like a cop looking at us. And I'm like, all right, and I'm sick. And I'm just like, I just want, and now people are like, what the fuck is it? Cause there's, it looks like a clown car. There's a U-Haul strapped <laughs> on, a on a flatbed. It's like a boat towing a plane or something. Like people, people are coming out and they're like, and I'm like, I'm just having a day. One guy comes out and he goes, ha, looks like a little overkill, huh? And my little brother just gave him a look that said, like, I'm going to I'm going to bite your jugular. <laughs> and like, so I'm like, motherfucker. And the guy's like, well, I can't get the. Yes, yeah, so let's start by pissing off your neighbor. <laughs> yeah, I don't say anything, but I'm just like, <laughs> so the U-Haul guy is like, I don't know what to do. Like, I can't take it off like the U. It's like, whatever. I can't unstrap it now because it's like not stable. And uh and but the guy was cool. He was like, "You haul's paying me, so I can stay here as long as you want." And I was like, "All right, cool." So he like lowers the flatbed, and it's at like an angle. And we like we open it up, and like shit's falling out. So I was just luckily the lady at the front and desk just unload it. Lady at the front desk was super cool. She was like, "You can just move everything into the lobby real quick, and then take your time going up." And I was like, "Oh, cool." And well, that uh, was nice of them. Yeah, very, very nice. And you know, the people here are great. And um, I noticed that when I visited Maine. I genuinely do like it. And um, some guy walks out right in the front door in downtown, takes his little dog right out the, right out the front door on the sidewalk. And the, the poor little puppy just pisses everywhere, <laughs> which is whatever. It's a city. Cities are gross. But it's right in front of the front door where I have to carry all of my stuff. There is now like <laughs> a gallon that somehow came out of this like five pound corgi. And I'm, my throat hurts, my ears hurt, my all of my belongings, the studio, are strapped into a U-Haul that is now on an angle on the back of this fucking truck in a city that I haven't been to in 15 years. And there's just like a crackhead outside, whatever reason, just eyeing us. And uh, and I'm like, motherfucker. And so we open it up, and so everything starts falling out, and we've got to bring everything to the lobby. And it wouldn't even be that bad if I just had normal belongings. But I've got about 10,000 sound tiles. Mm. So we're just bringing in armfuls of sound tiles. It looks like foam looks like foam pieces from a Nickelodeon set. <laughs> and I'm moving everything in. And the lady at the front desk is just watching me. And wa- after what about is this? <laughs> well, for, I, finally, she, she was pretty cool. She was like, she was like, don't ask why, but I have it. Like, she's like, we have a shopping cart. Do you want it? And I was like, I don't care. Yes. So we got the shopping cart. We're just <laughs> dumped. So I look like a crazy person. I'm walking in and out of this building. All these people are walking out and they're like, who the fuck is this new person? As I'm just bringing in shopping carts full of sound tiles. And there's a U-Haul on a truck. And I'm like, walking. people are like, watch out for the dog piss. And I'm like, I know, I know. And I'm trying not to like drag sheets through it. Hey, at least it wasn't your dog piss. I mean, that would have been the worst. I would have killed yes. the dog right there as retribution, <laughs> as sacrifice. I would have, I would have honored them and killed the dog. And uh, and then that's we. That's why. To... You, that's why you don't own a dog anymore. Yes, right. And <laughs> then we also have to get out. 
the 600 pound safe that I keep the podcast in. Oh, God. And my little brother, was, my little brother was like, how much is that way? And it was like a lot. And he was like, I need to know how much because I don't know if this dolly is going to hold it. And I lied to him. I said 500 pounds. Luckily, the dolly could hold 600. So the dolly took that. And so we're bringing in this massive safe that looks like the 1945, the original A-bomb. It looks like the gadget. Yeah. Most most things like dollies have about 100% overload uh, built into them. So <coughs> they're, you know, they're, what, their rating is for perfect safety. Yeah. But they can take a lot more most of the time. Yeah. They get me someone who's worked in the scale industry for almost 40 years. Yeah. My well, yeah. my hope was that it was going to survive. And if it didn't, I told the U-Haul guy. I was it like, was a good bet. I mean, if you're talking about 400-pound capacity versus five or 600 pounds actual that you're putting on it, most of the time, you're going to be okay. Yeah. I literally had to like look. I literally checked the elevator safety thing twice. And I was like. That's yeah. another thing. It was twenty five hundred, and I was like, "Okay, we're good." As long as okay, we're good. I um, have gotten out of an elevator. Well, it was a glass elevator on the side of a skyscraper when everyone was cramming into it, and I saw the capacity sticker on it, and it was like, "No, we can get a couple more people in there." And it's like, "No, if you're doing that, I'm taking the next one." Yeah. Good luck. I hope you guys can get enough, a couple more in there. Oh yeah. yeah, right. I'll 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 wait for it to come back. Yeah. You know, yeah. Empty. Tell me how it went. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. And if you it. end up like the scene in the towering inferno hanging off the side of the building, then I'll just take the internal elevator that doesn't go straight to the sky restaurant, but also isn't hanging off the side of the building. There is some logic to being Buzz Aldrin and not Neil Armstrong. Yeah. <laughs> How's how is it? Good? Okay. I'll come. I'm coming. Right. <laughs> Um, uh, they have two elevators in this building and the lady was like, oh yeah, we're going to, she's like, we're going to, you know, whenever somebody moves in, we like lock one off just for that person. I was like, oh, awesome. Of course we got here and today's the one day in like 10 years that the second elevator hasn't worked. So that was great. Um, but all the while I'm just sick as shit and eventually we did get it all in and, uh. But I've been sick mm. as fuck. I'm still sick for the last like four days. I've just been waking up and I'm packing this fucking studio. Yeah. But until you see, you're looking a little green or a little blue, something like that. Yeah. And you know, oh, yeah. And then I, <laughs> yeah, people are like, I like the black light look. I'm like, this, that wasn't intentional. It's not what this is supposed <laughs> to be. This is, I'm, it wasn't supposed, people are like, you have, people are like, you need some like 80s, like neon posters. I'm like, God damn it. That's, I just wanted it, I just wanted it to be cool lighting. Anyway, I guess it looks cool. But, uh, it does. It wasn't supposed to. Well, I mean, you know, your your old studio, you didn't really have an aesthetic. You were just, it was more like what you needed to do to keep the sound from going around and, yeah. you know, stuff like that. So and it's like, this time you paid some attention to how it's going to look. And uh, and it shows. It's like, yeah, okay. I mean, you're, you're you're just moving in. Everything's chaos and all, but I can see where you're going with it. And I, I like it. I think. Uh, Thank hey. you. I'm I'm excited about it. It's uh, I definitely like having a room. Um, mm -hmm. oh, definitely. Yeah, that's I can just literally just put my feet up and just the old one. The old one really was strapping up. It was oh, like getting yeah. in an F twenty two. 
I mean, you'd see me get up and go to the bathroom. I'd do like. Or a Gemini capsule, you know, it's a like... little more like that. Yeah, no, it was, it was pre pre Apollo, really was going to the moon in a in a trash can. But, um, yeah, I you know I'm kind of I'm kind of liking it. It's uh, I don't know if you can see outside, but well, you can't really see it. There's yeah, a lot of reflection, but yeah, a see... little bit. I can see you have a view there. That's yeah, nice. no, I've got, I've got like a really cool view. I really really like it, and I you know I've had to stop several times moving and I'm getting all just frustrated and angry. And I have to like look outside and be like, this is pretty fucking cool. Like, yeah, I mean your is... view in the last place was of a couple of blankets. So which yeah. you were wondering if they were fireproof or not. <laughs> <laughs> I can never remember which ones were fireproof, the sound paneling or the moving blankets. I think the sound paneling is fireproof. The moving blankets were not. And I did I did find that out. Finally, when I, I took everything down, I was like, okay, the, the paneling is fireproof. But yeah. I'm excited for it, man. I don't know. I don't know what else. I don't know. It's a very fun. I do like it. It's the next iteration of this. I'm not sure where this is going to go. Um, and I am honored to be your first guest in your absolutely, new digs. Absolutely, Roger. You helped. You helped. You helped break it in. And I think when we did our first episode in the last one, that was before I had ordered those panels. Yes, and it was. It, it sounded was... like a jail cell. I think yes. you said that your dad watched it and he couldn't understand me. He had like... to turn on the subtitles so that he could figure yeah. out what you were saying. Yes. Yeah, we did. And then I think my second episode was with my buddy David O'Neill. And we did an episode. And the entire time I was talking like this. And people were like, what the fuck is wrong? Are you doing some weird ASMR, like, <laughs> sexy, talk, whispering sweet nothings? And now I had to keep my voice down so it wouldn't, like, reverberate off the walls. So the first thing I did was set up all the panels. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. They're, they're they're doing the job. Yeah, I like I like I know I keep showing you, but I like it. It looks mm-hmm. uh Yeah. Looks kind of nifty. You got the EL wire little uh thing going on there. It's uh it's very cool. My Tron. A little bit of a look. My yeah. Tron. My Tron studio. Um Yeah. I don't know what else I'm gonna do with it. I do have a, a wall right here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you actually have room to do some decorating and to put some shit up and all now, which you didn't in your old place. So I did. I forgot. I did order some canvas prints of uh, the Bob Lazar one I made, uh, ah. the cherub ones, uh, and then I had another one. But I did order some like thirty-six inch canvas prints. I don't know if they're even coming. I don't know if I got scammed by a company in India or not. Yeah. They're way cheaper than they should have been, but right. I'll find out in the next couple of days if they get here or not. Yeah. Well, and also you're, you can put your flag up. Yeah. Well, I got my. Well, you know, I can't put it up yet. It's folded over there. Um, right. Uh, and I did order the Pharaoh. I did order a, a tapestry of it. I don't know where I'm going to put it. I was thinking about putting it on the ceiling, but <laughs> I can't nail it or here. I'll, I'll grab it. Um. Yeah, the ceiling may be something like concrete. An apartment block like that. Maybe I can just use this as a blanket. Maybe this is what I should use. Just walk around downtown. <laughs> like some, some weird messianic figure. 
Um, oh, oh. Well, I think it's the other Portland that's that supposed to be weird, but I think the other Portland's much weirder. This one, <laughs> I do notice here, and I'm I'm no I'm no prude, but I do notice everyone. This place reeks of weed. <laughs> I, I don't mean this building. I mean this city. <laughs> like yeah, every store, everything, everyone smells like weed. Which is fine. I don't. I don't <laughs> I'll, I'll fucking go for it. You know me. I don't give a shit. At first, I just thought it was like the lady next to me in the elevator. And then after a couple elevator rides, I was like, maybe it's just the elevator. And then I went to like the Xfinity store and I was like, maybe it's Xfinity. And then I was like, it's everyone. <laughs> everyone <laughs> smells like weed. And <laughs> you get a contact tie just by living in Portland, Maine. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I didn't know that they've they've like outlawed plastic bags here, like grocery bags. I didn't know that. Um so going to like Walmart, I was like, "Hey, there are no like plastic bags in this thing," and she looked at me like I had two heads. She was like, "What?" Like, I didn't know that that there's like an ordinance here. That I hey. think they did that in the other Portlands too. Probably, and, yeah. But hey, I'll, I'll I'll admit that it, it, I was very angry, and then I very quickly realized that you can fit all your groceries in a bag in a backpack. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Well, fair enough. All right, a lot less plastic bags." So I can already, I can already see my just my own. There, there, are coping, there are coping mechanisms. It's like you will, you will, you will end up investing in cloth shopping bags that you will reuse. Yeah, what you one. do, and I yeah. got one, and it's this isn't. In my fact, they'll sell it. They'll sell you one when you're checking out if you don't have anything because there's no. Oh, they'll fuck you. Oh, they'll get you good. They'll get you good. So, I'm trying to think. I did. I did see something last night that I was very concerned about. And I was like closing the windows. And I also do like there's a giant like lit up billboard on a tower over there that just constantly flashes the time and then the temperature. I do kind of like that. I don't have to. <laughs> I just I'm always glancing at it. Um, but uh, it, uh, I just heard like yelling. And I'm like last it was like nine PM last night. And I was just like uh what, what was the guy? Hey yo Hey yo It's not my first time in a city. Somebody's yelling, somebody's drunk. Fuck do I care? And I just like looked kinda looked out my window and realized like I saw like a flashlight on like a phone on like a like a house way down the road but i could have my glasses on so i could see it and i could it's pitch black out so i can just see this like light on a phone obviously it's someone holding a phone and they're screaming like ah yeah ah, and they're just kind of like yelling and then i started to get kind of nervous and i was it was like 9 30 and i was like i couldn't make out is it one person or two people and then i didn't like i started to think like Am I like witnessing like a mugging? Like, do I? I now it is on. Now it is now it is morally obligatory that I yeah. do something. And so I'm looking at it closer, and I I could have sworn I I I, I thought someone was in a headlock, and like the way the guy the guy was screaming, 
I mean, for a split moment, it did sound like a woman. And so I very quickly went from like, what is this crackhead dude? Until I was like, oh my, oh shit, am I like watching something? Right? Oh. Well, I wasn't. And I'm starting to look more, and as my eyes adjust, I realize it's just like a tall, skinny guy. He's just jumping up and down on like a porch, on like a house, just screaming, A-L. And I was like, the first, I, literally the first thing I, I was like, Oh, this guy's Canada must have won. He's just celebrating. Because <laughs> I, I saw a guy there earlier holding like a sign. I was like, oh, well, whatever. This yeah. guy's, you know, I interviewed Joe Kent all the time. How the fuck do I not know that he doesn't know somebody? Or whatever. He's psyched about proposition, whatever the fuck. I don't know. I've been here for three days. <laughs> this guy's just screaming and screaming and screaming. And as my eyes are adjusting more, I'm realizing this like doesn't look like normal... He's kind of like holding onto the railing and like jumping and like kind of kicking his feet around and like it really looks like it's turning it's like it's almost some like uncanny valley stuff where I'm like what is this is he just shit faced because I have absolutely been shit faced by myself in dance I don't know I don't I don't know that a fuck if I know I've absolutely I've done that in the last year like I'm not judging and so I'm watching this. And now I've been watching this for five minutes. And I'm looking at the, the temperature thing. And it's 32 degrees out. And this guy's in shorts and a t-shirt. And I'm like, I like the cold. This guy's out there screaming in the middle of the know, The people are used to it, though. That's that's nothing. All right. And so I'm watching him. And so I start recording him. I make sure that the light's not on. Because I had this, like... 28 days later scene in my head where like I turn it on and he sees <laughs> yeah. the light and just scales the side of the building or something. Right. <laughs> so so I'm, I'm for this individual I won't obviously I won't I'll, I'll, I'll maybe send you the video later but I'm like zombie apocalypse is totally a real thing that might happen. Listen Roger it's everything's on the table I don't know <laughs> I don't know maybe the lights activate the zombie code. When you've been know. moving anything is possible. When you're moving and you have a cough and you're delirious, listen. I, yeah. And so I'm watching this guy, and then he stands up and um, does like a pirouette, and then he falls down like an entire flight of stairs down onto the sidewalk. And his phone goes flying, and he nails his head on the sidewalk. And he stops screaming, and I'm like, oh my god. So I think I turn my camera back on, and so I'm like narrating, and I'm like, this guy just fell, and he stands up, and he's going, fuck, fuck. And so I'm, like, just watching this, just, like, literally all the time thinking, did I make the right move moving here? <laughs> I've never, I never once, Maryland was quiet, but you know what? I never had a problem. So I'm just watching this, like, was this the right move? Like, everything's still in boxes. Should I just move out? <laughs> and he stands up, I kid you not, and he grabs onto a telephone pole and just starts humping it. He just starts humping, and and so now I'm watching this for like ten minutes, and he's just humping, and I'm like, I'm like, I'm not, I can't be, the only one who sees this, and I see like this like girl park her car on the street, and I'm like watching it kind of apprehensively, and I see her like get out, lock her car, and like quickly walk away, and I keep seeing her look over her shoulder, and I'm just like some weird voyeur. I'm just I'm five floors <laughs> up just watching everything, and um. She kind of runs away. Another guy starts to come park. He sees this guy screaming and he keeps rolling. I'm like, this isn't normal. And um, 
and then he grabs onto this he grabs onto this fence and he starts humping it again and he's just screaming fuck and so now we're going on like 15 minutes and i'm just bewildered and then he turns around and i thought he saw me because he like looks up there's actually a siren right now he like looks up (laughs) and then he falls back sprawled out like christ onto the sidewalk he doesn't move and i'm just silent watching him and he's just laying there and i keep waiting for him to get up and he doesn't get up and like I don't want to go down there because I'm afraid he's going to stab me with like some AIDS needle. <laughs> and so, but he's laying on the sidewalk. And what they always say is, you know, like homeless people, like why you shouldn't obstruct benches is because if you sleep on a bench, like you maybe won't die of hypothermia. But if you lay on the sidewalk, like you will, because the entire earth is the heat mass. Right. And so like, I put my phone there and I'm like, if he's still there in 10 minutes, like I'll call the cops. Like, I really don't want to. And he's just laid out there sprawled. And I'm like, yeah, kind of pretending on, on just, fr- freezing 32 degree ground. So. And I'm like, if he's there in 10 minutes, like, okay. So I go to the other room and like, I like get in the shower real quick and I come out and I'm like changing. And I just hear like, bah, bah. And I like I jump and I notice there's like lights flashing outside. So I go and look and there's a, there's a fire truck and ambulance and there's cops. And so I'm watching it and I'm recording it. Yeah. Someone and, else called 911. But there are cops walking towards them with guns drawn. And they're like looking at this guy <laughs> and they, they're coming closer to him, closer to him. And I, and, at first, and I get this sinking feeling and I go, this guy's fucking dead. I was like, this guy's fucking dead. This is on me. And they get closer and closer and like just behind the cops are the EMTs, but the cops are clearly they've seen, I don't know what before. And they get closer and this guy bolts upright and he just starts clapping his hands. And they all like kind of like let their shoulders down. I think they've seen this guy before. Oh, probably. And so the entire time I'm watching this and I finally, I had this realization that, well, one, I was like, I have to tell Roger this story tomorrow. <laughs> That's the first thing I did. I was like, I'm going to tell Roger this because no one's going to believe the video. So fuck if I care. But then the second thing was like, it really did put it all into perspective. I was like, I'm up here in this cozy apartment doing what I want for a living. And there's some poor guy down there who is either undiagnosed mental illness or it's crack or bath salts yeah, and it's freezing and he's out there screaming in the street. I don't know. I don't know if there was a lesson to this story. I really don't. I, Cause at first I was kind of laughing and then it started to dawn on me just how like sad it was that I was seeing this. Yeah. I, I mean, I've seen things like that because you know, so living, uh, well, not so much since I moved to Mandeville in 92, but before that, uh, and, when I was in New Orleans proper, then yeah, it's, well, I mean, part of it is you're in a city. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you're not in a suburb, you know, it's, uh, there's a a lot of shit that goes on. So, uh, one good thing is that I think that Maine is not known for killing people like that at the rate that some other 
municipal police departments are. They yeah. they actually try to not you know do that sort just of thing. fire randomly. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I mean, I was favorably impressed with Maine when I you know, like I said, I have this you know, it's it's actually the only part of New New England that I've ever visited because I'm allergic to cities. Uh, so, you know, I mean, New Orleans is a big enough city for me, and New Orleans is only one and a half million people uh, in the metro area. So I've been to San Diego because I had to go there to cross the border to get my teeth fixed. I've been to Los Angeles. Uh, I would not go to Los Angeles voluntarily for anything unless I absolutely had to. Uh even San Francisco a couple of times because I do love San Francisco. It's it's also a big city, but it has just absolutely wonderful shit to do, and uh, you know wonderful stuff to see. Wonderful, you know, just like there's nothing on this earth like walking across the Golden Gate Bridge. Really, it's it's an experience that if you can do it, you should have. Really, uh, yeah, it's you know this is a thing that human beings made. And it's awesome. Uh, the city itself, the science. I mean, one of my favorite things was the science museum, the children's science museum. Once a week, I think it's Thursday night, they kick the kids out and they have an adults only night. And it's like, you know, it's, it's like singles night. You know, you know, it's like they they have little booths selling wine and beer and shit, and you oh, can do, yeah. and they have all the hands on science experiments and shit where you can play with shit and all. No, it's like that was a blast. Fuck yeah! Uh, you know they have Pier Thirty Nine, and you know it's like so. There's just all this wonderful shit there. Now I wouldn't want to live there, sure. Yes, because it's like for one thing, I wouldn't want to spend like ten million dollars on a closet. Exactly. Uh, but as a place to visit, it's unparalleled. Uh, but my wife has been to like Chicago and New York City and all. And she's like, well, you want to come? And it's like, nope, nope, don't. It's like, I have no interest at all in going to Chicago or New York City or any place like that. It's just like way too many people and not enough shit that interests me. To make it worthwhile uh you know uh i i went to milwaukee when i was 17 for the international science fair and they had a lot of you know that that milwaukee is kind of like chicago junior you know they have a lot of the same kind of stuff the oil baron you know the the robber barons of the 19th century built all these museums and shit. And so we saw a lot of those and that was really cool, but it was also just this enormous dingy, stinking polluted city. And it's like, yeah, it's, uh, it's like the line in, in the song one night in Bangkok. If you, you've seen one dingy, stinking polluted city. <laughs> uh, it's like no interest in seeing another one. It's just, I went to I went to Manhattan in December 2012 with some buddies from college. We stayed there for like 3 days for New Year's. That was fun. But that it it's fun it's fun like a 
It was fun like a movie is fun. <laughs> like a movie theater. It's larger than life. It's bright. It's like walking yeah. through Times Square on like the days leading up to New Year's. I mean, it's just in, it doesn't it doesn't feel human. You feel like you're in a computer. It's just like skyscrapers going up to the stars, right. billboards, digital. Yeah. You're in Times Square, and you're like, holy fuck. But by like day three, it was almost through like Oz. I, I know that sounds like some new age shit, but like you could almost feel like the frequency rising. I was just like, I am in like the core of the reactor of like humanity. <laughs> this is like, this is the fissile material. And I actually started, I remember when we like, I took like a bus out of on like what, like the January 2nd or 3rd or whatever. <laughs> and like, as I was leaving, I felt like I was like, getting away i felt like that yeah it it did even though like suburban (laughs) even though like metro new york is still giant just like going across i think i went across the george washington bridge and you just kind of i was like oh that is and it kind of and i know it's more new agey but i get that almost kind of made sense is like yeah that that's a place that would create new yorkers Right, like that is <laughs> in the same way that like San Diego creates people from San Diego. Yeah, you do start well, because, to see because it. if if you're living there, you have to build a wall. You have to adapt to defend yourself against that Absolutely. feeling. Absolutely, and that's going to come across <clears throat> when when you're dealing with someone who's from uh, another part of the country that doesn't have that. Then they're going to be like, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" Yeah. But yeah. it's like, yeah, you have to almost it's like it's almost like Pink Floyd's the wall. You've got to like stack them motherfuckers up and carry him around with you. Yeah. Because every potential encounter is is a potential threat. Yeah. And there's exponentially more of those than there are in a place that doesn't have so many people yeah. there. So it's it's like, yeah, I mean that's that's the way I felt. Uh, when uh, now when I visited Los Angeles, I wasn't in the mid city of it, and of course, Los Angeles isn't as densely populated as Manhattan, even in its densest parts. I was in uh, Santa Monica, which is like considered a suburb, yeah. although here it would be considered mid city. Yeah. I mean, Sa- Santa Monica is like downtown New Orleans. I mean, it's 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 like one of, you know, our old dense things. And they had homeless people all over the place. Because it's California, the homeless people are like laid out in the oh, park. Oh, you don't need a home. Yeah. They're, they're <laughs> just like, you go to the park at, you know, seven in the morning, and there's all these homeless people just like laying on the grass. Yeah, why wouldn't you? Because they're... you don't even need shelter or anything. And... It was it was just like, well, you don't see that back at home, but yeah. So it's like, well, all these places have their thing, obviously. But uh, I I never had any desire to visit a place like Chicago or New York City or you know where you have that population density, just because it's like you said, it's like it's almost like a psychic assault. Yeah. That, 
you know, you can almost feel it's also just too fucking many people around. Yeah. <laughs> I do. Somebody who watched this podcast bound, there's bound to be somebody in Portland. <laughs> They're going to be able to pick this place out because it's going to be the only window in the city glowing neon blue. <laughs> I have painted. I can only hope that the person that finds this place is a fan <laughs> and not an opponent. I'm going to get a fucking Molotov cocktail through my window. That maybe wasn't the brightest. It, it would take a hell of an arm to get it through a window five stories up. That crackhead last night, I think he could have thrown it over the fucking building. That guy was. Yeah, well, yeah, that's the thing. That, you know, he sounded like Sam Kinison. It's more like people on meth that do the superhuman yeah, athletic shit. I thought I was, and uh, I got I got Dale in two minutes, so we'll have to wrap this one up. But I did have this moment of, I did have this moment of fear because I still couldn't quite make out he was until the cops got closer, and there was so I guess some poetic symbolism, right? They have the flashlights on their guns. It wasn't until the cops got there and illuminated the guy that I realized it was a black guy, and then I had this moment of fear. I was like, "Am I taping? What's gonna be like the next riot?" That was my, I that was genuine. I was like, this is my fucking luck. And luckily, Portland, like you said, nah. and l- luckily, like you said, not at all. I was actually very surprised that yeah, it wasn't like exactly. a conference. They stood up and everyone, they like pat him on the back. They got him his jacket. I think he had sober. Yeah, out. they probably all knew him. I mean, Portland is a modest sized town. Pretty, it's pretty small for a city. Yeah. I mean, it's small. It's, it's considerably smaller than New Orleans. So yeah, it's not, uh, it's, it's, I know you're about England. it. Yeah. Yeah. But I was just like, please, God, don't let this be some, like, perverted Forrest Gump where, like, my uh, first experience here is, like, some the next riots. No, actually, it was the other way around. You it found was. out that you live in almost like a super large community where... It was. They gave them... The EMTs gave them, like, a, a little baggie. I think they have something for if they find... I'm not even kidding. Like, they handed it to them. I think it's, like, a protocol. They did. But more than anything, it did mm-hmm. make me realize, like... It's so easy to like watch the news and see like a homeless person or like a crackhead and not and just feel apathy, but actually watching it. Mm-hmm. And I realized I was like, there was something different about it, seeing and hearing it, it being right there. And I was like, that's a real person that I'm lucky enough that when my life went south, I can move home. Yeah. And that's where I kept thinking. I was like, I got to move home, get therapy, and start a podcast. That guy didn't. And that kind of that was kind of an awakening, um, but Roger, thank you for being the first guest. And we will resume with the curators. You have my word. I will not be dead. I'll be finished yeah. moving in. I promise. We will start it for everybody. I'm telling you, you're gonna like it. Because I know this I'm gonna is fucking like it. Books three and four, where it's gonna pick up the pace. We're going to actually have a war. Oh fuck yeah. Let's get it's going to be kind of a low-key guerrilla war, but... I'm, I'm excited. I think I think I need to get, like, one of those digital fireplaces. <laughs> and it'll be, like, fireside chats. When you do a reading, maybe that's what I'll do. Is I'll get a digital fireplace. We'll be so yeah, room for it now. I do. I'll be snowing in the background. We can actually... We can actually do fireside chats with Roger. You can dress up like FDR. <laughs> maybe sit in a wheelchair or something. 
We'll do audio only. We'll have it like crackly. Well, I'm in a chair. It has wheels. Yeah, it's close um, enough. Yeah, I mean that'll <laughs> that'll do, right? It fucking gives a shit. Get to make up our rules. <laughs> Nobody's watching this. The the biggest arrogance of saying somebody's going to see this and recognize me from the blue lights is the arrogance of thinking that my podcast is big enough for anybody to write. Well, now that now that Twitter is going down in flames, then you oh, know. Oh, this that has been a fucking goddamn Roman Coliseum. That has been a spectacle. I'm kind of upset that I've been offline for like the last ten days. But I like I'd log on like well no, I'm banned from Twitter, but I just saw in the news the other day it was like like Kathy Griffin being banned for impersonating Elon Musk. I was like, mm-hmm. what the fuck happened? And uh I I would say my my assessment is that Elon Musk has already destroyed Twitter. It's like even if the ghost of Christmas past came to him and convinced oh, yeah. him to undo everything that he's done and try to fix it, it's too late. Yeah. Twitter is toast. It's I, done. I think there's a solid argument that he didn't want to buy it, but because of a meme he made about buying it and the mm-hmm. percentage of it that he owned. No, it was ego. It was it was, well, it was I actually saw a pretty well thought out argument that what started as a meme, he had to buy it so he wouldn't go to jail. Well, uh, the my assessment of it was that it was his ego because uh, the billion dollars to buy out, you know, of the deal would have been a bargain compared to what he's going to lose. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but he, you know, I watched corrosion go down the tubes, and the things that he has done to Twitter are much worse than what he did to you know than what happened to corrosion and in a much shorter time and it's 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 a it's a goddamn spectacle it is it's it's like roman it's fire it's fireworks it's like it's lighting up the sky i'm here for you it. got da- you you probably got dale waiting i do i gotta i gotta <laughs> run roger we'll continue i'll send this to you when it's up i love you buddy thanks for being the first episode the first guest 